Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we had said going into this weekend slate of games, starting on Thursday against Calgary and Saturday against Vancouver, that we would have been happy if the Sabres would have went one and one through those two games. And boy, oh boy. The Sabres knocked it out of the park in those two games, winning both of them. First, an impressive win against the Calgary team that, as we had talked about, was one of the best teams in the league last year. They ended up pulling away in that one and winning 6-3. to three. And then Saturday night, late night game that started about a half hour late because it was Vancouver's season opening game, and they decided to do their entire pregame presentation over the span of 20 minutes after the puck was supposed to drop. The Sabres. Beat we them. love it. We love that that always happens. We, we, we love that puck drop times and every sports starting time is a brazen lie. Mm. Preach. So the Sabres end up going on to win that one, an impressive five to one victory. Bruce Boudreaux was on the cusp of his 600th win with 599 wins. And the Sabres in Vancouver's home opener were able to just shut it down and completely, completely dominate. So we could talk a little bit about the Calgary game first, and then we will get to the Vancouver game. And of course, with that, the news, of course, that we all saw in the second period there where Matias Samuelson went down. The word is, though, the early word on it is positive, and it's not as bad as it was initially expected for it being a knee injury, which is great to hear. We should be getting more on Sunday, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, 6-3 to three over Calgary, Taylor. It was a hell of a game, to say the least. I mean, you know, for starters here, uh, Alex Tuck had recorded his first career hat trick. And actually, a little fun fact, according to the NHL, is the first New York-born player to have a hat trick for the Sabres. In this game also, J.J. Paterka had an assist on Rasmus Dahlin's goal, which, very notable goal, and that it was the fourth straight game that a defenseman had scored a goal to start the season, and that had never been done before in NHL history. Dahlin, of course, extended that record to five games in the win against Vancouver, but very exciting for Dahlin there. But for Paterka, though, little fun fact there on his goal, it tied a Sabres rookie record with a four-game point streak. Wow. So most surprising. Open a season, yeah. Yeah, most surprising thing we hear is that Tim Connolly never had a hat trick for the Sabres. I would not have guessed that. Right. Well, there you go. So, yeah, it was a very, very exciting win for the Sabres. I mean, if we're being honest, there were definitely points in this game that 
Calgary was dominating a bit, but they were able to hold it down and they they're ending up to put like be able to pull away and, uh, you know, outscore these teams. And also too, well, important to know, Eric Comrie had a great game also against Calgary on Thursday night as well. So Taylor, your thoughts on, on the win against Calgary. Yeah, I, th- I think it really comes down to more than anyone else. Comrie Comrie has uh, had two awesome games so far this season. And we talked about it before the year. If the Sabres get average goaltending, they're going to be an interesting team, not necessarily a playoff team, but it's going to be one of the better seasons and more encouraging seasons we've had in probably a decade, probably the best one. Uh, and that, but Comrie is a big part of that. We don't need him to be like this, that he's doing things that like Dominic Hasek didn't even do. We don't need him to be like that all year, but it's, it's good to see that he's kind of game for, I, mean, I don't know, like being, he at the very least he can do this. I, that's it's really encouraging to me. I guess I would also uh, love to point out that it still remains true through uh, two weeks now, basically, Faki, that the best rookie is JJ Paterka. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people expected that, and that is encouraging because I'll leave Krebs out of this because he's not really a rookie. We kind of know Quinn's going to be a good goal scorer, and we'll see what happens with that. I have all the faith in the world that power is going to be awesome. And he's been good enough so far. Yeah. The, the person I would have wondered, are they like a fringe NHL player? Are they a depth player? Are they a, almost a star? You know, that kind of what, what is he going to be? It's Paterka. So for him to come out and play like this is more encouraging than if Quinn or power did. I agree. No, that's a great point. Absolutely a great point. So you want to move on to the Vancouver game? I do, but you know who all doesn't? Right. All right. Well, everybody, Vancouver Bruce Boudreau doesn't. <laughs> Bruce Boudreau definitely does not know. Uh, so Vancouver dominated in this game early on. In the first couple of minutes, it looked like they just came out ready to play. The Sabres then ended up getting their shit together. Rasmus Dahlin scored a goal, as we had mentioned before, in his fifth consecutive game to start the season, extending his NHL record among defensemen. And he also joined Thomas Vanek and Gilbert Perot as the only Sabres to do so in franchise history. And I will also say Dahlin's goal was great, but almost immediately after that, he made an insane pass walking into the slot to JJ Paterka that Paterka unfortunately threw it off the side of the net. I mean, it just, it it was so smooth looking and he just, again, was walking right into the high slot guys came to converge on him and he just makes this unbelievable pass to a wide open Paterka who had an open net because even the goalie was confused by it. And again, Paterka was unfortunately unable to put it away, but on top of Darlene's goal, Alex Tuck scored his sixth goal in five games. So Tuck now is up to seven points in five games. Darlene is up to eight points in five games. So really good start for those two. They both are continuing to really lead in their respective ends of the ice. Then uh, right before that, too, actually on Tuck's goal, what I want to bring up is the Sabres had an unbelievable shift that entire shift leading up to tuck eventually scoring earlier in the shift it was insane because the puck eventually ended up coming out of the zone but the sabers were dominating the offensive zone possession tage was and well let's be real here the tage tuck skinner line looking great looking like what we saw from them last year when they were at their best lately but tage was just stick handling around and just literally single-handedly just keeping the puck away from Vancouver. He at one point had a a beautiful play where he was protecting the puck along the blue line, trying to keep it in the zone, which he was able to then successfully do and capped it off then by a really cool between the legs drop pass. But it was just an unbelievable shift. And it, just watching it, it was just like, it. 
I, I, it was funny thinking about it because of course they're playing against Vancouver and something I feel like we talked about during the playoffs is just that like the level of just like speed on offense and offensive zone possessions in Western conference playoff hockey games specifically, I feel like is something that like constantly stands out. And I was watching that, that shift in particular and, and throughout parts of this game, but was just beyond shocked to like be like watching and being like, Oh my God, this is what the Sabres look like right now. Like they are just completely dominating and we're just head and shoulders better than Vancouver, you know, throughout the night really. But just like, especially at certain points of the game, like when they were on, they were on and, you know, at the long season, we'll see what's going to happen. But if they're able to even keep up to a degree, this level and style of play, I think the expectations that we set for them, it's something that we might have to revisit if they're able to sustain this. And if Comrie is able to keep holding down the fort, as you had said, but of course in this game, Craig Anderson, again, looking solid in there only lets in one goal and is off to a great start this year. In addition to Comrie. So the bad news with all of this though, is that of course, as we mentioned before, Matias Samuelson went down on Saturday night on Friday night, Henry Yoki Haru unfortunately was injured, but, Samuelson is the big news of the weekend now uh, with that injury. It looked very scary initially, went down, was holding his knee. He tries to get up and then just is not able to just bring himself up. He ends up skating off under his own power. Uh, It was worrisome. I think everybody just kind of thought the worst immediately because knee injuries. I mean, something bad goes wrong there. That could mean like a full season that you're done and you just lose. And again, you just sign him to this deal. Our friend, uh, Kevin and, and Trider and T Ryder had brought up a great point that Darlene's deployment has been mostly out of the defensive zone and he's still doing so well offensively. And, you know, him being paired with Samuelson in a way is allowing him to do that. And so that just goes to show the importance. And that was, uh, you know, when reading through, Twitter this morning, I mean, that, or last night, you know, that was a great point that Kevin made. And it's a, it's a sizable loss if it's something serious, but then thankfully after the game, Don Granado, when he was speaking to reporters, let me pull up the exact quote here for what he had said. Uh, Granado had said, we won't know more until tomorrow, but I was holding my breath like everyone else. And you're wondering what type of news you're going to get. He went on to say so much, so much happier when I heard where he's at. And that was in a Buffalo news article, uh, reported by Lance, like Lysowski. So seemingly like we avoided the worst with Samuelson, but again, that's another impressive win Taylor. And the Sabres are now off to a, a better start than I think probably any of us were really anticipating in the early goings of this year. So they're now, they now sit at four and one going in to Tuesday's get, game against Seattle. What are your thoughts on the Vancouver game and on where the team is really going from here? Well, I, I believe you pointed out that they, uh, they got dominated a little bit in the beginning uh, that's kind of been a theme. They've had like stretches in every game where it's like, they've looked like they've never played hockey before, but they always figure it out. Right. Something to keep an eye on, I guess. Also, uh, man, Thatcher Demko is not, uh, not it this year, huh? <laughs> I, I picked for him to win the Vesna as my bold prediction going into the year. And he's doing it out of spite. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, he's supposed to be like the, not their Trump card, but they're kind of like, okay, well, I know they're not, all that great of a team, but the reason people are picking them to win the Pacific, which some people were, is, oh, they got Boudreaux and Demko. Doesn't matter that Tyler Myers is still there working things up and their depth isn't all that good. They made that stupid trade for Ekman Larson a couple of years ago. Doesn't matter. 
because they got these guys. And it's like, I don't know, man. I still respect Boudreaux, but I, I don't know about Demko. At least right now, he looks like he's in hell. So that was something I definitely noticed. But in general, like they just – like you went through a lot of the guys that look good. So I pretty much agree with those. But there's so many guys that are playing – that are playing in an encouraging way right now. Yeah, Turka, we, we mentioned. A big one. We didn't mention a big one, too, that I wanted to bring up after. I don't know if this is who you were going to say, but – Shout out to Casey Middlestat these past couple games. Ah, the dude no, I wasn't has, even going to say that. The dude has looked so much better than he did to start the year. He looked sluggish in those first two games. Just being there and watching him in person, it just looked like his skating, which has been a problem like throughout his career where it's like at points, it's like, oh, okay, maybe his conditioning is right and his skating is better. And then there's other points where it's like, does this dude have cinder blocks on his feet right now? Like, come on, man. And he just looks like he's struggling for dear life to get down the ice. But dude, I mean, against Calgary and Vancouver, it actually happened. I think it might've been in like the second period, potentially second or third period, but there's a rush where he was breaking down the ice and he was carrying the puck and he was flying and I literally had to stop and be like wait was that middle stat and I had to like look for him then as he was coming around the boards to get an eye on his numbers and I mean again he's scoring now too what is he up to here points wise he said he had points in both games he's got five points in five games now Uh, he has just been a great facilitator he's looked way more confident with the puck on his stick and again, going from looking like a, a liability in those first two games to now in these last two being a legitimate contributor to this team and looking deserving of getting the minutes that he's getting playing in between Asplund and Olofsson. I'm beyond impressed and happy to see him showing out like this. And I also will say too, there was one point when they, I mean, they were up four to one. So it was kind of ridiculous that Paterka was so upset, but Paterka had missed on a chance and he's going to the bench and he's slamming his stick. And there was a camera shot of middle stat, like grabbing the stick and trying to like, calm him down and stuff. And so it just feels like he he's really stepping into his own these past couple of games. And as is the case with all these guys, as you were alluding to, it's going to come down to, you know, who's going to be able to sustain it. But Back to you. Though. Well, first of all, what do you what do you think about Middlestat, and then we can get into who your your fellows who you're going to be talking about were pleasant surprises so far. Uh, I agree on Middlestat, yeah, because there was some talk about what are you going to do with all these extra forwards. Maybe you sit Middlestat, and he's really earning his way into the lineup, which I guess probably is why Krebs sat last night. So, re- really impressed by him. I and mean, this is kind of do or die, as you mentioned multiple times for him this year. Like he's he's got to show something. So really encouraging that he's he's being productive and he looks faster all that you know good for good for Casey it's I mean I I know it's probably too obvious to say he was a top 10 pick so yeah. he should there's a lot of pedigree there talent wise even if he probably shouldn't have been a top 10 pick but yeah I was what I was gonna say is the pleasant surprise is they kind of are all over the place so you're seeing like really like how Hinnestros has been playing oh Samuelson was really good uh when he was playing hopefully he'll be back soon enough uh, Lubchushkin, really good physical presence. Mm-hmm. And then um, they're kind of all over the place. Asplund, and Asplund's not a surprise. Asplund has basically picked up where he left off. Uh, but yeah, and I guess the biggest one you would say is Comrie so far, based on the two games he's had. That's Those are really impressive. I mean, you don't see a lot of 40 save wins. Right, absolutely. And he just threw them back to back like that. Yeah, we're, and we're not talking about this being a positive start, if not for him. So I will say also... That doesn't even mention also like Dylan Cousins too. He's looked great so far as well. Yeah. So I was watching uh, out last night out in the the wonderful, well, both the Elmwood Village and Allentown. Uh, 
the game was on late, obviously. Didn't end until almost one in the morning. Uh, and people really engaged. Not necessarily even at sports bars, but people Where's like... That? So I was at multiple places, but... <laughs> the, the face you just made. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, uh beer keep at different points beer keep jackrabbit good bar um where else i'm trying to think of the the middle bar we were at man well eventually the game was over well doesn't matter i was also at brick bar alley cat and frizzies Ooh, brick bar at some point tough. yeah it was a, it's a whole to do and the pink but i'm trying that's, to think of where i was when one. the game ended but anyway it doesn't matter we were at brick bar and jackrabbit you know what? Yeah, the, the game I did when I was at Jackrabbit. Anyway, people were like, it, basically, every bar, people were like interested, like watching games out. Like, that's 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 a good thing. I know, I know it's early, but the Sabres uh, have not been a great uh, subject of interest in Buffalo lately, especially with how good the Bills have been. And you can just look at the attendance last year and see that they uh, they're not as uh, important to the people of Buffalo at the moment. So it, it's good to see them build back some of that cachet. And I think that at the end of last season definitely helped. And I know in one hand, uh, RJ Knight and RJ's last game kind of bring in people who have no interest in this year's Sabres just because, or that year's Sabres, they want to see, for obvious reasons, they wanted to be at those games. But both of those games, they were treated to good games, good performances. And especially when, when they won in overtime and the season, it's like, wow, they, they a quarter of the season, they were really good. And they continue to have young guys and good prospects. So it's, it's encouraging in general. Uh, but yeah, just seeing people interested out in the world is it's good because I'm sure we both remember when we were younger in middle school, the 06, 07 times you couldn't escape the slug. It was everything. Yeah. Was everywhere. everywhere. Everyone, there were, there were... everyone had a shirt with a slug on it. Like it looked like it was designed in Microsoft PowerPoint <laughs> or Microsoft or paint, whatever. Dude, people were going out of their way to buy fucking coins with the players' faces on it and as a collector's <laughs> item. I still own several of them. Like, are you kidding me? Of course. The Sab- but- if the Sabres ever get good again, I'm just going to sell, like, Sabres. Like, Sabres pills. These <laughs> are the pills the Sabres take, but it's just going to be, like, sucrose or whatever. I'm going to do, like, Alec Jones-style things, but for the That's Sabres. Really I mean, I should just podcast- do that now for the Bills. What am I saying? I was going to say, why, why don't we use the podcast as a front for that? We should. What do we Man. do? We sit, we talk into microphones and yell about stuff sometimes, which as a side note too. I, okay. So a couple of things to your point though, like it's so funny to think that it, it seems almost as though it's like a foreign thing at this point, the concept of somebody like over the past, like five years being like, Oh, you want to go like out to a bar to watch the Sabres game? You just don't do that for the bills. It's like second nature, but for like the Sabres, it's just like, people are not chomping at the bit to watch this team and then just- yeah and i should say just real quick that people weren't out to watch the sabers but they saw the game was on and they were like right. oh look and at that we scored oh coles that's what i was thinking how did i forget well, that oh, coles yeah. is where i was at when the game ended Great okay point. you go on but yeah no so but that's the thing though is that like that's kind of like the next step in this it's like when you're out it's like oh the sabers are on so like we got to keep an eye on that and like watch and then you know it turns into people going out to to watch games and stuff like that for like some of the bigger ones especially um and I think it's also kind of a, a testament to what we're saying where, you know, the season opener this year and just thinking about it, there was what, 15,000 people there, I think, in a 19,000 capacity stadium. And Darlene had said in the post game, 
oh, having the crowd like that tonight and that many people here got us pumped up and people being like, I was talking about it with like my dad, like we, and it, they said 15,000. My dad was like, Oh, actually that's not too bad. And it's like, do we like, just thinking back to where we were a few years ago, like it was surprising for there to be less than like 16,000 people in there. Like even on like a lame night, like it was still pretty crowded in there. And like, you had people who were at least invested. And I think it just goes to show, especially like as just this drought has gone further and further and, as the team has gotten worse, like there was a, like Buffalo is such a passionate sports city, but there is such a clear correlation in them just getting further into the pits. And then people really like aggressively losing interest in the team. And so the fact that we're seeing such noticeable signs of life in that just through like the start and that people all are kind of like, all right, this isn't like the 10 game winning streak. Like, this feels different. Like this feels legitimate. Like that being really like the narrative right now, rather than being like, Oh, well, like the bubble's going to burst at some point. I mean, it's just really encouraging. And like, I know this is going to sound ridiculous to say, but like it, it's making the sport fun again. Like, yeah, you know, like uh, hockey is like my favorite sport by far, but like you, you can't sit there and, and watch this team, miss the playoffs for 12 straight years and see all these other teams pass them and progress, you know, well past them and, and the, and their respective rebuilds over time and, and be like, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. This is, this is a really great time just constantly getting embarrassed and having to just deal with this team losing and dealing with the same bullshit over and over again. And like, I think it's just such a sign that you're seeing that change. Like I went back and was looking at, um, I was looking at something on uh, Apple Podcasts and it was one of our a review on there. And I started cracking up because it was from like three years ago and somebody left us like a three-star rating being like <laughs> saying something to the effect of being like, I don't listen to podcasts to get screamed at for an hour. And you guys, all you guys do is just yell about them. And it's like, things <laughs> are that bad that like that's really how we used to be and now like throughout last year and then into this year obviously like I don't know I feel like it's just like it's more like all right like this is going in the right direction so we can like actually have a conversation about this not like screaming about screaming about like the doom and gloom that we've been experiencing for years you know I just feel like I, and I've noticed it it's like even like talking to you about it like I'm way more just excited to be doing the podcast and like engaged not that i don't love doing this but like you know what i mean like it's just oh yeah it's different when they're good because we haven't experienced them being good since we started doing a podcast all the way back to rick's reviews like it's crazy to think that like now like you know this is our fourth season of of straight up sabers previously blue and gold nick darlene and we did rick's reviews for a while but it's like now like we're actually getting to do this while they're good and other people know that they're good and, and interest is up in the team and people are more engaged and wanting to learn about them. And like, it just, it feels great. Thanks everybody for listening today. Shit. This is awesome. We will yell again in the future. I'm hopefully sure. there'll be good yells like threatening members of other teams. Um, I would also, I think it's interesting to note now. So the last year, the Sabres made the playoffs. They started pretty poorly. And they actually were bad until like February of that year. That was a 10-11 season. And then they had a really strong finish. The next year, they kind of also really slipped in the middle of the season. They didn't have a great start. And then they were not 
really good at all in the middle of the season. And they again, finished pretty strong. And then you have the lockout year where they win their first two games, but then they're just pretty bad from there on out. You have the following two seasons where they're not really good at any point. And then you have the first post Eichel year, slow start better, much better in the second half of that season. But then Eichel gets hurt the next year, another slow start. Everyone's hurt. And then the third year of the Eichel era, a disaster wire to wire, but also a bad start. And at that point I was feeling like it was like basically against the law for the Sabres to have a good October. What you had then was the 10 game winning streak year. So they were 17, six and one by the end of November. Then the next year they start eight, one and one. And the following year, which is the weird post COVID year, they weren't that bad considering they were like the worst team in the league by a mile that year. They were four, four and two to start the year. And last year they were five, one and one. So now it's the complete opposite. Like now it's every October is pretty good. And we'll see what happens after that. Uh, This year, I think it's interesting because I, They've been really good. They're four and one now, but do I expect them to, I don't know, be like this all year? Not really. No, of course. Goaltending has been too good, frankly, to to be as good. It's not going to be this good all year, but it doesn't feel like they have to be, which is a nice feeling. Yeah. I mean, when they were 17, six and one, to be honest, when they were 17, six and one, I wasn't thinking about what if we missed the playoffs. That was a ridiculous concept at the time. Yeah. And they did by 20 points, but. They shouldn't have probably. So yeah, they're they're uh, weirdly a, a good starting team now. Um, before we uh, get to anything else in our upcoming games, do we want to do uh, want to hear a word from our sponsors? I I would love nothing more actually. All right, hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet five dollars on any team and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they win. So. This is the part where I'm supposed to talk about uh, a bet I like. You know what? I, I like them uh, keeping this thing going against the Seattle Kraken. All right. So consider that, whatever that means to you. By the way, the Sabres yesterday, I, I know because I was with some people who bet on it, their uh, odds yesterday were really interesting. Win in regulation was like plus 200. So maybe Vegas is uh, underrating the Sabres at the moment. Maybe you could get a good uh, good odds on the Seattle game. I don't really know what they are right now, but good luck to anyone doing that. I don't really believe in Seattle still. Anyway, if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win that game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. And we're back. So we're back. Kind of closing out the, uh, the West Coast trip with Seattle. Do you, you see them as a, a different team than last year? God, I mean, it's so hard to say. Like, I feel like they just – goaltending for me is just a big question mark for them and and is going to continue to be until – I guess we see uh, if Philip Grubauer can prove differently. But, I mean, they're undoubtedly better than they were last year, you know, having Beneers there for the full season. And then, of course, as we've talked about Shane Wright, you have a Stanley Cup winner and Andre Burakovsky there now who – 
is looking pretty strong to start the year here as well. Um, they're undoubtedly better, but I still I think you still have some questions about high end scoring ability for them. I think you still have questions on their blue line a little bit. I think goaltending is the number one question for them, especially just again given Philip Grubauer's fall off from uh, last year to two to, from two years ago. So. I think I'm with you. I think that the Sabres definitely, you know, this is a game that they can for sure walk away with a win from. Um, yeah. I mean, Seattle two, two and two to start the year. So I'm going to go Sabres go to five and one after this one. You I agree. All right. Yeah. I, I agree that they're, so they're two, two and two right now. I don't, not bad, obviously, but they, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, I really don't know what to think of their goaltending. And it's like, oh, their two most interesting players are rookies. It's probably exciting for the future. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I agree with uh, the Sabres point there. That's the only game that'll play before the next time we talk because Thursday we have the Canadians at home. Which, yes, yeah. That should that should be when maybe we can keep the good times going because then after that Dude, Chicago <laughs> we have Chicago so two of the worst teams in the league uh yeah and you know what Seattle Montreal Chicago I think they all have about the same amount of interesting history yeah exactly. as franchises which is to all say no yep so and then you have Detroit after that too that's an interesting one that's that's a team you can measure yourself against yeah absolutely you can I mean. You got a divisional opponent there. You have a team that is 2-0-2 in Detroit, and so they've been off to a pretty good start themselves there, picking up points in all four games. You know, it's like these are games that if, you know, I agree with you in that. I don't think that they're a playoff team, but if you are going to be competitive, these are games you got to pick up. And let's see if they could keep riding the hot start and continue to carry over this confidence that they've been playing with because they are brimming with confidence right now. And it's really shining through in their game. And if that is able to continue, keep it rolling. These next three, get three more wins this week. For sure. So I was, uh, I was looking at the quiz I had for Wednesday show when we ran out of time or Thursday show, depending on how you look at it. Do you want to still do it? It's I just threw it together at like the last minute. I was going to say, didn't you say that you uh, were going to have another one for today? I lied. Oh, good. Interesting thing I do sometimes. I say I'm going to do something, then I don't do it. Well, no, the thing is, I to to give a peek behind the curtain, we don't have a set recording time. So this morning, I was like, oh, we got to record today. Let me text Brendan to see what he wants to do. And he's like, well, let's just do it now. I was like, okay. And then I accepted the invite to the Zoom, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't do another quiz. Ah, Okay, so this is a very recent development then. This like, is a, this just all you know. This all really led up to. This was a beautiful depiction of the morning. I'm just saying that the, the point of us getting to do this quiz was really determined upon you joining that Zoom call. Yeah. Well, I, well, I was like, oh, I'll just do the one that I had because it's not all that great of a quiz. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so or I could come up with one right now. Let's could do, do this it. But one. I don't know. You know what? Yeah. Let's get through. I said I wanted to do this one today, so I'm I'm ready for it. All right. So. Last year, I did a couple when we played teams like Columbus and Minnesota, like, hey, name every one of their leading scorers for a season. Oh, God. And I was like, I can't do that for Vancouver. It's too many seasons. They've played as many seasons as us. 51 now, I believe. So, or 51 or 52, whatever. Uh, so I, I looked and I was like, I could just talk about their leading scorers. Is that too easy? But you know what? Not really. So you're not going to get all these, but I 
I, yeah. I think you could easily get seven of them. Out of how many? Ten? Yeah, I think you could easily get seven of the top ten. Yeah. Are we doing ten all guesses. time? And are yep. you an all time? This is their all time oh. leading scorers. So I think if I give you ten uh, guesses, you should be able to get these seven. All right. Um, let's go with the Sedin brothers. That's right. Two guesses, two correct. Um, God, uh, Marcus Nasland. Yes, that's the top three. Okay. How about Pavel Bure? Yes. Uh, number seven. Cool. Okay. Okay. What about Trevor Linden? Yes, that is the fourth place guy. You got one through four, and you have seven. Okay. Uh, Burray did not have as many points as a Canuck as I would have guessed. Who did? Oh, Burray. He had four hundred seventy-eight. Jumping around. Also, he didn't play long enough. We. Yeah, it's on one of many guys. Uh, injury issues. Are these guys all forwards? Are there any defensemen? Maybe. Ooh. Okay. Um. Ugh. How? Who's somebody who was with them for a while recently? Because I feel like they don't. I. I. I don't think of a lot of older guys for them, like seventies, eighties guys who would have been good. So I'm trying to think of like. 90s early 2000s guys who logged some games what about like todd bertuzzi correct ninth place okay okay um 449 points i would not have guessed that todd bertuzzi had almost as many points as a canuck as pavel Burry. that's a very unsettling thought uh how about alex burrows is he on this list no he was there for a bit wasn't he he was. I, hmm, I'm i going to look that up to see how close he is. All right. Um... Uh, relatively close, actually. He's probably, I would say, probably in the top 15. Oh, really? Huh. He's, uh, right. he's 384, and the 10th place guy here is 409. So I'm trying to think of some defensemen here. Let me, I'm going to throw out a couple of like, so how many guesses do I have left? Four? Uh, Oh, so you need, you basically just need to get one more person, uh, and you have two guesses to get him. I only have two. Wait, I've made seven guesses so far. Yeah, you have six or wait. Yeah, you have three guesses to get him. Three. Okay. What about? Didn't Matthias Olin play there for a while? Maybe, but it's not him. Ugh, he's got to be up there, right? For games played, at least. Feel yeah. Like he, feel like he was there for a bit. At least a handful of seasons. Like five plus, right? I don't know. Um, How about... Okay, another defenseman. How about Alex Edler? That's it. Boom. Yep, played there a long, long time. So that's uh, 409 points he had. Uh, do you want to know who the other three were? Yeah, I thought you probably would get. There's no way I'm going to guess them. So yes, let's do it. Stan Smile, Ugh. Thomas Gradden, and Tony Tonti. Oh man, Sam Smile and Tony Tonti. We love the alliteration, folks. Man, I don't know who those guys are either. I actually didn't no. look it up, but I think 
it makes sense if it's like, oh, you, you played six years as a second line forward on a bad team in the, the 80s. Like, you probably have a lot of points. Yeah, racked up some. Yeah, that's not bad. Maybe these guys are good, and we just don't know. That Vancouver, interesting history they have. A couple of years ago, someone, I think the Athletic wrote a, like a point-counterpoint, like who has a more tortured history, Vancouver or Buffalo? Uh, they're obviously expansion sister franchises, and got me thinking like, oh, wow, yeah, Vancouver was really bad out of the gate, and Buffalo was really good, but they have this random cup they made it to in the early 80s. Good luck naming even one player on that team. I don't probably, probably Stan Smile. That could be. <laughs> They make another random cup. They're one of the only teams that's made two random cups in 94. And also get, uh, they lose that bit. I mean, they went to game seven somehow. Yeah. I, I know exactly one person on that team. And then they have one of the best teams ever to not win a cup in 2011. Also lost in seven games, really heartbreaking. And then stupidly lost in the first round with the president's trophy the next year. Didn't just lose. They got steamrolled by the Kings. So it's crazy that those teams never were able to win a cup. It is just, so insane that those 2000s teams and like early 2010s teams like they absolutely should have yeah they like looking at the 2011 season it's better than i remember they had like one of the best power plays and penalty kills they had roberto luongo and they were the highest scoring team in the league that's insane what more do you need jesus i don't know man roberto luongo to play well in the playoffs and their backup was Corey schneider yeah they were good and then who was it oh yeah then markstrom was the one who was coming up after uh schneider yeah, but by the time Markstrom got there, I think they were kind of they were kind of mid by then. Yeah, that's fair. Well, then our boy, of course, Ryan Miller was there a little bit. Yeah, they were a playoff team with him. Yeah. Damn. Anything else you'd like to share, Taylor, before we sign off? Uh, what's my recommendation? My recommendation oh. is that you guys all have a really pleasant last week of October. Oh, that's really nice. All right, well, I'm not going to you give one if you're not going to give one. So we'll give uh, our recommendations on Thursday for, for something else. But I also recommend everybody has a lovely rest of your October. Hope you have a good time uh, this Halloween weekend. If you're not doing anything, come to Mr. Good Bar on the 28th, Friday night. My band's playing. Big Halloween costume contest. going to be fun. Uh, but, everybody, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, social media platforms, and whatever streaming platform you're using right now to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out our fellow episodes. Also, head over to Straight Up Sabres on your streaming platform and leave us a nice rating or review. We very much appreciate it. Also, throw us a follow on social media. And last but not least, make sure you're checking out the sponsor of this podcast, DraftKings. Use that promo code THPN at checkout. Don't worry, everybody. Hoops fans, it's almost your time. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great start to your week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. What?